Welcome to another episode of Correct Me If I'm Wrong. As always, I'm your host, Greg Tyler. Um, and it's good to be back. It's been interesting. I'm, uh, you know, I'm still here in Ohio, staying at my parents' house, and, you know, it's been good, but it's also just pure chaos all the time. Like, the, my baby nephew is here, and so there's just, like, kids' songs. So if you hear some Pop Goes the Weasel in the background, I apologize. And then, of course, my dog doesn't get along with the baby. So he's currently locked up in the basement, uh, just barking his head off. So there's a good chance you'll hear some, um, some random dog barks. And then if either of my parents needs to get my attention instead of just walking up to where I am or down to the basement to find me, they just shout. So if we're if we're interrupted, please bear with me. Such is life. But um let's just dive straight into the rosebud and thorn. And if if you're new to the show, this is the segment where I get to save money on therapy by just venting into the microphone about what's been going on in my life for the last week. The rose equaling the best thing that's happened, the bud equaling what I'm looking forward to in the next week or so, and the thorn, of course, equaling the worst thing of the week. So here we go. My rose for this week has been that I have finally, finally been getting back into like working out and running. So I haven't like really worked out or done any sort of um, physical activity since pre-COVID. I was actually doing this like crazy challenge and diet thing. I had like finally gotten back into shape, lost some weight. I was feeling good. And then of course I got COVID and then lockdown happened, gyms closed. And so for like over a year, I've done absolutely nothing. But here I am back in it. My goal, I'm trying to run 21 miles in two weeks. And so far, I think I'm going to be able to do it. I'm like a weekend and I'm at, I'm already at like 16, 17 miles or something. So it's, it's been going well. Um, The only reason I'm able to keep up with it though, is because I I have nothing to do. I'm not working. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm selling knives still. So if you heard last episode and you're looking for a buck knife, I've got you. But uh, no, like nine to five, no real schedule. Um, so I'm just kind of running out of boredom. So I guess that's good. It's good and bad. But hey, it's the rose. So we're just we're sticking with the good. I do feel great though. Um, my head's a little clearer. I've been tracking my calories like a psycho. So maybe I'm just losing my mind, and I think this is what's good. But I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep riding it out. And I I hate to be that guy um, because like I hate gym culture and I hate like the cult around exercise and how it's like, come on, bro. You just got to do it. You just got to grind. You just got to hit the gym, embrace the suck. Um, Like I'm not into all of that, but you know, in all honesty, if you haven't been feeling super great, just go outside. You don't have to go for a run. Just go for a nice walk. I guarantee you'll you'll feel a little bit better. So this is, you know, this is me doing my part to encourage a healthy 
happy lifestyle. And if you hate working out, I totally get it. Playing video games, watching TV, being lazy, it's way more fun. So, you know, just do you. Do whatever feels good, I guess. <laughs> to each their own. My bud, I'm looking forward to a concert that I'm going to in the next like week and a half. It's called the the Hive Hive Festival, I think. I don't really know. My uh my boy, my OG friend Anthony told me to buy tickets to go to this thing. It's in Salt Lake City, Utah. So on a whim, I did it. I bought the tickets, the airfare. I'm going and I'm excited because I, I I don't get to see him that much. He was living on the East Coast for the last couple of years while I was on the West Coast. And so we're finally going to get to link up and go to this show together. Also, um, his cousin, who was one of my best friends in high school, I haven't seen in geez, like at least five years. So he's going to be there. Um, and it'll be nice to just get to hang out in a new city. I've only ever driven through Salt Lake. I haven't got to spend much time. So it'll be cool to explore the city a little bit. It'll be nice to get away from my dog for a few days. I can just hear him down there barking. And not that I don't love my dog. My dog is one of my favorite things in the whole world. He's just obsessed with me. Then <laughs> um, I'm not being dramatic. He's actually obsessed with me. He follows me everywhere. I can't go to the bathroom without him being there. I can't take a shower. Um, I can't even be up in the room to record a podcast without him losing his mind. So it'll just be nice for me to get away from him. He'll mellow out. He'll get to spend some time with grandma and grandpa and it'll be great. But um, super excited for the concert. Some some great names. Got Post Malone on there. Trippy Red, if you're into him. The uh, Baby, Don Tolliver, Jack Harlow, Joey Badass, Ski Mask the Slump God, Denzel Curry, uh, JPEG Mafia, shout out Cam. Um, we got Snot, we got Josiah, who's actually a, a rapper from Dayton, so I'm excited to see him live. But it's just going to be a, an overall good time. Oh, and Suicide Boys. How could I forget Suicide Boys? But I'm excited for that. It'll be fun. It'll be nice to, to get away for a couple days and explore Salt Lake City. My thorn. This one, I hated to do it, and I'm probably going to get some backlash for this. But my thorn for this week was watching Black Widow. Yes, the newest installment in the MCU, Marvel's newest offering and i'm not saying it was the worst movie that i've ever seen it's just hard to see how they can pass this as a marvel movie when the last five of their movies involved actual superheroes with superpowers and people like fighting in space and literally saving the world so it just felt really anti-climactic when my expectations going in was like oh this is gonna be a rock'em sock'em bop'em marvel movie and it was a a little more a little more toned back um actually i really enjoyed the first scene there's like a cool airplane chase and it was based in ohio which is fun since that's where i am but um 
it really does frustrate me how movies that are based in Ohio are never actually filmed in Ohio. There's, I mean, there are, there are a couple. Um, Rain Man's got like three Cincinnati scenes and Hillbilly Elegy, they came in here and they did the whole Ohio thing. But Black Widow, not filmed in Ohio. Super 8, based in Ohio, not one shot filmed in Ohio. And they filmed it in West Virginia, which makes it even more insulting. The Watch, crummy uh, Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn movie, not filmed in Ohio. But this one, this might be the worst one. A Nightmare on Elm Street with the, you, the, the famous Elm Street address based in Ohio, but not filmed in Ohio. I just don't understand, but they, they always, it's always filmed in Georgia. They love to pretend that Georgia is Ohio. So maybe knowing how Hollywood loves to talk about Ohio, but never really use Ohio, primed me to not love this movie. But overall, I mean, it just ended up being my thorn. It's kind of slow. And the worst part was I stayed up way too late to finish it. I think I was up till like 1.30 watching this. Um... Yeah, I mean, listen to me complaining. I didn't have to wake up until noon, so it <laughs> really didn't affect me. That's another thing that's been great. I've been doing intermittent fasting where I don't eat until noon, but I just like sleep in until 10 or 11. <laughs> so it's not bad at all. But uh, anyway, the other thing that I didn't love about Black Widow was that I had no idea where it fit into the MCU timeline. So that was a little bit confusing to me also, but overall I was disappointed definitely go watch it I guess you know if there's anything Marvel and Disney needs it's you know more money from us so yeah go pad their pockets baby but before I jump into uh, this day in history I want to talk about what could have been the most hilarious news headline I have seen so far this year and here it is Pornhub is being sued by the Louvre as well as two other top art museums because Pornhub partnered with some adult movie stars to reenact some of history's most famous paintings but as porn and the best part is, is that they, from what I understand, is that they did it to encourage people to, to go to art museums. So they were basically being like, you know, any form of like public entertainment, I get, you know, museums were hurting because of COVID. And so this was an initiative to get people to keep art and museums alive but I guess it didn't have the effect they were hoping for because now they're getting cease and desist letters. But the way I see it, it's kind of a perfect example of like classic tradition saying that they get to control how art is produced and consumed. Um, and we all know, it goes without saying, the fine art community, they like to think that they're like the best of the best artists just because like they've been around for longer or whatever. Kind of like how Catholics love to pretend that like 
you know, they're the best religion just because they're older. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. But yeah, so who are they to say that they can't put a, you know, a little modern spin onto old classical art? So, I mean, who knows? It'll be fun to see how it plays out. But I think it was an interesting idea. And quite honestly, like, I don't think that many people actually care about this because this is about like some art that they'll realistically probably never get to see in their lifetime. And sometimes people just need to unwind after a long day at work with a pornographic version of The Last Supper. So who is the Louvre to tell people how art should be enjoyed? But, uh, I'm, and I'm just kidding. I don't think they did The Last Supper. That, that would have been hilarious though, but I think they probably would have caught even more flack for that. But, you know, stay updated guys. I know crazy happenings in the art community. If you, if you know anyone in the art world, ask them what they think. Let me know. Moving on. This day in history. This one, uh, <laughs> this one's a fun one. Um, I chose July 22nd, and the reason I chose it is because this was the day that OJ enters his not guilty plea in the murder case, his infamous 1994 murder case. So before we really get into this, I'm not going to come out and say if I think he did or didn't do it. Because who am I to say? Who am I to judge O.J. Simpson? Um, at the beginning of this segment. At the end, I'll definitely tell you guys what I think. But for the time being, just going to drop some O.J. facts and we'll see where it takes us. So, first of all, I feel like I have to say O.J. was no slouch when he was in the league. I mean, I, I was too... I mean, I wasn't even alive when he was playing, so I never got to see him play. And I'm assuming most of my audience wasn't alive in like the 70s and 80s to watch him. So this all might be new to you too. But yeah, he was no slouch. He was number 21 on the, the all-time rushing list, which is pretty high. That's like the NBA equivalent of if Reggie Miller got picked up for murder. And I'm only saying that because Reggie just happens to be 21 on the all-time scoring list. But I also... Kind of think Reggie's got it in him. He might be a closet killer. And we just have no idea. You know? And I mean, in college, I learned how easy it is to get away with murder. And not in like, not in a weird way. <laughs> not in like a murdered people way. But we had a, a guest speaker in one of my classes that was an ex-police detective. And he told us, he said this to a class of like... 19 year olds in an uh, intro forensic psych class he goes if you go to a random city and murder a random person and leave quickly after the odds of getting caught are very low first of all that's terrifying second of all you shouldn't be telling people how bad you were at your own job so <laughs> whatever but you know who travels to a lot of random cities and probably meets a lot of random people. Reggie Miller. I'm not saying he's a killer. It's not what I'm saying. 
I'm just saying if anyone was set up with very favorable circumstances to get away with it, it's him. That's we'll leave it at that. Back to OJ's pretty impressive list of accomplishments, actually. And I know it feels a little weird to like talk about the the good things that OJ did because also did a lot of really bad things but you know we're just we're trying to be objective here but he was the uh the MVP of the league in 73 that same year he was the offensive player of the year he was a five-time first team all pro five-time pro bowler he was a four-time rushing yards leader impressive he was a two-time rushing touchdown leader he was a national champion, and he was also a Heisman winner. And we'll, the, the Heisman part is important. We'll come back to that later. Um, but yeah, he, he rushed for over 11,000 yards in his career. And he averaged 4.7 yards per carry. So essentially, if you gave it to OJ on every single play, you're scoring a touchdown every possession. So is that how those stats work? I don't know. Seems like it to me. But anyways, OJ was, he was kind of doing a lot. And he was, I mean, he was a big deal. That's the point of this is that he was a superstar for football. I mean, he was such a big deal that when he was on his slow speed police chase in the Bronco, TV stations actually cut away from the NBA finals to show that. So (laughs) sorry, Hakeem. But I guess the juice just had a little more star power in 1994. And this is, this is the craziest thing that I found out. So 95 million people watched this chase happen on live TV. They just happened to tune in and catch this. And in, for the 2001 Super Bowl, 96 million people watched it. So I don't know if you can like adjust for inflation with TV views, but that's pretty bonkers to me that only only a little over a million more people watched this year's Super Bowl than watched the the OJ police chase. So whenever people talk about it being one of the most highly publicized things in pop culture history, like that's for real. But we all know how that uh, the criminal trial ended up going. You know, if, if the glove don't fit, you must acquit. But <laughs> um, I think my my favorite part about all of this, and this is actually what happened on the date that I chose, the July twenty second, was when he enters his plea of guilty or not guilty. This man is bold enough to say, and this is a quote. He goes, "Absolutely, one hundred percent." not guilty I don't know about you but that sounds like something that only a guilty person would say in the video they actually it's they have it all recorded that's the other crazy thing it it sounds like he's still trying to convince himself that he's not guilty like the overcompensation of going absolutely 100% not guilty Like, just saying not guilty would have totally sufficed. But this man just had, had to get a little extra with it. But, of course, he gets off, doesn't go to jail for it. 
for the murder of two people. But let's just say, uh, you know, it didn't didn't all go great for OJ following the trial. So he might have avoided some jail time, but this man got absolutely rocked in the civil suit where a civil jury found OJ guilty of wrongful death in the case of Ron Goldman and ordered him to pay over $33 million in damages. I bet after he heard that, he probably just wished he was in jail. His net worth, several years, I think it was two years before the murders, was only like $10 million. So they were like, bro, we need three times what you have. And obviously, OJ couldn't pay it off. (laughs) So we'll also get back into that. But as of 2017, with the interest that's accrued on this, the settlement has now ballooned to $65 million. (laughs) I think, I'm not exactly sure how this is playing out. I, I don't think he has to pay it all back. But if he does, I mean, it's absolutely, I don't think it'll be possible for him. But OJ basically ended up having to sell everything he had in the 90s, including his Heisman Trophy. Talk about being down bad. Like, I know sometimes you hear about, like, guys who aren't major stars that have to, like, sell a Super Bowl ring or something. But, like, if you were the man, you won the Heisman Trophy. You, at the time of you signing your first NFL contract, it was the highest paying contract in history as a rookie. And you have to sell your Heisman Trophy. Man. That sounds like some bad decisions that were being made. But dude also wasn't paying his taxes and then was trying to steal football memorabilia a few years later. So I think it's safe to say that justice comes in many different ways. Might have avoided jail. Karma is coming to get you. The robbery is funny too. The the I think it was 2007. 2007, 2009. I don't remember exactly. But um where him and some some of his goons commit this robbery in LA and they steal a bunch of a bunch of football memorabilia and they end up getting charged with kidnapping but OJ was lying about absolutely everything trying to get away with it but all of the guys that were his accomplices ended up cutting deals and just completely ratted on him so it went from just like I forget, I think it was just like assault and battery and like theft to getting bumped up to like kidnapping, assault with a deadly weapon, a whole bunch of stuff. So he was sentenced, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was to 30 years in prison and eligible for parole after nine, which I think he ended up serving 10 because I believe he got out in 2017. But man tough on you but he also had numerous other run-ins with the law including getting arrested for speeding through a protected manatee sanctuary on a boat while he was in florida come on oj the world's going green now you gotta watch out for the animals but this next one this next moment is possibly no it is this is definitely my favorite oj moment oj was apparently so broke that in the mid-early 2000s-ish, this man got sued 
by Direct TV. No, it wasn't for a breach of contract or anything like that. It was for stealing cable. This man had set up some kind of like janky devices to help him steal Direct TV and ended up having to pay $50,000 for the settlement and legal fees. Could have just paid the $80 a month and gone the way cheaper route, but he was down so bad. He was stealing cable and it ended up costing him $50,000. But in the end, you know, after all of this has been said and done, OJ is out on the streets again and surely making money from his book about how he totally didn't do it, but definitely could have. It's... It's crazy. I mean, this man, OJ has lived quite the life from being an NFL superstar to a, an accused murderer to then a convicted felon in nine years to writing a best-selling book. I mean, what is there to say? But coming back to my opinion on it, uh, this is where I stand. If OJ doesn't respect the lives and safety of manatees, then he's easily capable of killing. So yes, he did it. He 100% did it. And he's lucky. Thank goodness none of those manatees also got hurt. So OJ's got some bodies. But moving on, that's enough about the juice. Last week, I promised to hit you guys with a shoe of the week nothing crazy nothing fancy i'm just gonna shout out some uh some of my favorite pairs of shoes uh and a little bit about them or you know st stick with some modern stuff i might jump into the the time machine and go back to some older shoes too who knows it's gonna be a surprise but for this week i wanted to start with something near and dear to me and that is the yeezy boost 350 v2 taillight so I picked this one to be the first sneaker because I'm a, I'm a big Yeezy guy. Anybody that knows me knows that. And this is actually my favorite pair of Yeezys with Adidas. So, and actually I have, I have a pair in size 12 or brand new. If anybody wants to buy them, hit me up. Uh, just kidding. I'm probably gonna end up wearing them, but I love these shoes. First of all, because Yeezy boosts are easily some of the most comfortable shoes I've ever worn. People, people think it's only about the hype and just wanting to be like Kanye and wanting Kanye to know, notice me. Yes, that is part of it, but it's also because they're so dang comfortable. And I mean, they should be. If you're gonna spend $220 on a pair of shoes, like they better be comfy. So that's the first reason why I love them. And the second reason, uh, I love wearing orange. So the orange accents, uh, along the middle of the shoes and on the back of the shoe is really what does it for me with that pair. So, you know, go grab yourself a pair of the, the Yeezy taillights, 350 taillights. Um, and I think I actually just read that Adidas is going to do a restock or a re-release for Yeezy day coming up later this year. Um, I could be wrong. But I know they're doing a whole bunch of restocks and re-releases. So it's going to be a great chance to grab some of those shoes at retail instead of the just absolutely 
awful resale market. That's another thing I've just gotten so sick of with the sneaker industry is how it's almost impossible to get a pair of these newer shoes at retail. Like the sneaker app is just butt kiss. I I don't even deal with it anymore because the only time I ever win is shoes that I didn't actually want. But I'm just like, oh, I, like I never win anyway, so I might as well enter, and then I don't get them. And then, oh, I don't know if I've told this story before, but I got done so dirty by the sneaker app when I won the pair. Or I, I had a pair of the Travis Scott uh, Jordan 1 Highs. I had them. And then I'm putting in my credit card info, and of course it crashes. And by the time I'm able to get the app open and up again, couldn't get them. So, and that was, man, that was probably 2018, man. Woo. I'm still, I'm still tight about that, but not a huge fan of the resale market. I mean, it's cool and it gives people, you know, access to, to more pairs of shoes. And it's, I mean, it's good for the overall culture, but man, does Nike love to take advantage of it. And it really, it just prices it out, which sucks for people that can't spend, you know, 500 to three thousand dollars on a pair of shoes they want so nike if you're listening and i know you are make it a little easier for the little guys like me to win some shoes and i promise i won't even sell them i'll keep them i'll wear them that's the worst part is that i just want to get them and wear them i'm not looking to resell them i'm not trying to get a hold of 10 pairs and make a quick buck i just want to look good that's it is that so much to ask for nike please begging you but that's it that's all i've got so that's it for for this week of correct me if i'm wrong um as always remember go check out wavypack.com for literally everything go get over there we just had um a new music release actually a pretty big deal dj ace the cut lieutenant dropped his album exclusively with wavy pack that project is called for the culture so get over to wavy pack listen to that get his numbers up tell your friends tell your friends about correct me if i'm wrong get my numbers up and go follow me on instagram people i'm tired of begging you're making me like feel like a high school girl trying to get people to follow me but greg tyler comedy please just do it so i can stop asking but Until next time, y'all, this has been Correct Me If I'm Wrong.